This is so exciting. This is our. This is the first time all three of us to, are together recording under our new umbrella. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a it's nice umbrella. Kind of like the second episode of the Planet Ant Filmcast. Yes. Formerly, uh, form, formerly, if you're if you're if you're an old listener, this is the same group as the Woodward's Filmcast. If you're a new listener, welcome to the Planet Ant. Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV news, and discussion. Uh, since we're 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 doing some new distribution here, I think introductions are in order. My name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here as I am uh, every week. We try with my friends, Mitch Haba, and <laughs> and Colin Ward. Me, Mitch, and Colin. We get together. We uh, we talk about some movie and TV. Uh, headlines, and we uh, we discuss uh, a film or two every week, and then uh, give some recommendations on what we're watching on demand and uh, on the internet. Um, just so everyone, everyone who's new to the show, uh, I'm doing this. My I'm doing this from Los Angeles. I'm skyping in uh, out here, uh, struggling in the film industry, and uh, <laughs> struggling. <laughs> Well, it, it sounds I'm like working. you're doing pretty Work, well. No, working's great, but it's it's always a, it's a, a struggle. No, I'm kidding. It's great. I like being out here. The struggle is is being away from you guys, Aww. who uh, who are in the new uh, Planet Ant Filmcast Studios out of Mitch's house. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Finally, it's done. It's been uh, eight months in the making, and finally, I can say that we are recording in it, and it's warm. I have no AC. But there's a nice table here. There's a there's a nice warm light and um, mixer set up, and the mics are on stands, and we we're just sitting across, oh, enjoying a nice um, bourbon and grapefruit juice. I am also fully oh. naked. It's yeah. not so hot. I I implored him not to do that, but <laughs> I guess you know I'm trying to keep it open and free here. Oh yes. <laughs> well, I'm sitting on the floor in my bedroom. Um, Colin, disregard Mitch for a second and be honest. Is, yes. it, how, is it okay over there? Or are it's, you it's sure? It's beautiful, Kale. It's really, wow. it's really well put together over here. I was thoroughly impressed when I walked in. I'm, I praise. I'm humble. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, I've, been, I've been working. But you didn't put any time or effort or money. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. I, I, yeah, no, but really I worked, I've been working really hard on this and, um, I I realize I'm too much of a perfectionist to, uh, to, you know, I, I just couldn't let things go, which is a detriment to my my levels of stress. It's beautiful. It really is. It's beautiful, and I can hear the warmth of the room coming through <laughs> in each of your voices. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Um, it, before we're gonna get into some Detroit film news in a second Woo. here but before we do it like i said there's some introduction i think feel like we need to introduce ourselves to the new listeners out okay. there of which i know there are many and um i'm gonna put you guys in the spot i did not tell you we were gonna do this but all right um i'm gonna ask you both for in a second for your favorite movie you have to name one you have to just answer it don't 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 uh, mess around you know i don't don't give me maybe this maybe that you got to like, pretend you're in a job interview. Someone asks you what your favorite movie is. So think about it for a second. Uh, in the meantime, I just want to say, normally how this goes, uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of the guy who uh, 
just kind of likes what likes every movie ever, and I don't have much negative things to say about anything. <clears throat> and Mitch and Colin have much more interesting yeah. opinions. Go back and me. listen to our Jurassic World episode. It was like the first time we were like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> All right. I didn't see the second one. Me no, neither. It no. looked terrible, and I had no interest in uh, contributing to that awful franchise any longer. Well, in the spirit of that, I'm, I'm assuming that, that none of the Jurassic Park movies will, will make it as your favorite film when I ask you. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> Jurassic Park's a great movie. It's not my favorite, but the first one's great. Anyway, first one first? is great. Um, I'm going to go first. Just This is okay. no surprise. My favorite movie is Star Wars. I'm the resident nerd on the show, and uh, I wouldn't be in Los Angeles without that movie. I wouldn't have started a film podcast without that movie, and uh, I don't think I'd be the same person that I am. So Star Wars is definitely my favorite film, which is a surprise to nobody. Uh, Mitch, how about you introduce yourself to the new listeners with your favorite movie of all time? Of all time. Um, Name one. Oh, God. My name's Mitch Haba. My uh, favorite movie, I would have to say, is Hot Fuzz. Really? Yeah. That's a great... That's Really? I didn't, I didn't know yeah, that, I think, but I love that movie. Like, I've read the script a few times, and I think it's... There's only, like, one plot line that is removed from that script, and it's just perfect. Everything about that movie is great. Well, well shot, well edited. The Every line of dialogue pays off. I've probably talked about this... To no end with other people, so we'll skip ahead. And Colin, what's your favorite movie? <laughs> good choice, good choice. Colin? Oh, gosh. I mm, This is a spotter. You have I'm to. Always go have be- to. I always go between two, but if I have to pick between the two. Uh, and I guess it's more for posterity reasons, because it was the first movie that I saw where I realized that film can <laughs> do what books do. Like, give me symbolism, give me themes and character development that I wasn't accustomed to in all the other previous movies I saw, but it would be American Beauty. Mm. Problematic. Choice. Problematic. <laughs> well, no. oh, <laughs> nowadays, yeah. yeah. But still. But... <laughs> and I love um, them. And that, I love Annette Bening, yeah, so. That, yeah. That's a little surprising, too. I, I, I don't know if I knew that. That was, like, your, your top, top. Well, it's, it's in the two that I always say. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it, before we get into the Detroit news, why don't we throw this email out there? We got a new email address. If you, let's, if if you're listening, uh, I'd love to hear about your favorite movie and see who's out there, who's listening, what you guys like to watch. So email us at filmcast at planetantpodcast.com. That's filmcast at planetantpodcast.com. It's plural podcasts. Um. Papa, or yeah, just tell, just tell us your favorite movie and why you think it's uh, it's it's uh, great. I'd, I'd love to read some of those on the air. Um, let's get into some Detroit film news. This is a Detroit film podcast. We should talk about it. Um, I think the the biggest news of 2018 in, in Detroit film is uh, Detroiters season two, Comedy Central show, uh, starring Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson, uh, which. Quite. You know, with no real metric to uh, prove this, I've just noticed on social media the show has gained a lot more attention in season two, a lot more praise from national media and national critics. Um, I got to say, I, you know, the, the episodes aired Thursday night. I'd come home every Friday night 
and uh, and watch an episode, and it was the most exciting part of my week, <laughs> which either says a lot about my week or a lot about the show. Ew. But um, I I loved watching it every week this season. I think this season was much more stronger than the first season, which is saying a lot, and for my opinion, because I love the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I just hope it gets a, another, another season. Are you guys watching Detroiters at all? I, yes, I have. I've, um, I haven't watched the last episode yet, but I've been watching it and I would agree the second season is a lot funnier than the first. And as you said, that's saying a lot because the first one's also very funny. They're not even, um, they're not even like playing down the Detroit, uh, uh, references and jokes they're just going straight for it and people st- all around the country still love it so i think though if you're in detroit and you re- recognize the detroit references it's just as, it's even funnier yeah colin have you watched any of uh, have you watched any of either season i watched all of season one and then okay. I, I think i saw the first episode of season two that's where they make sheila partner right at the end yeah. Okay. Then so. yeah, the I've I've one. seen that episode, um, but I haven't watched any of the other ones. Mostly because I kind of forgot how I watched the first one. So <laughs> well, you know, I wanted, don't yeah, remember I don't... how to rewatch or watch <laughs> any of the other episodes. It sucks. It, it think... sucks being a cord cutter. That's the one thing. <laughs> well, and I and I wanted to kind of talk about it because I think it's a shame. I think it's a really great TV show. You know, uh, whether or not you're from Detroit or not, and I think. Um, you know, I, it's not accessible, though. I, I don't understand where Comedy Central, you know, they have shows like Workaholics and stuff on Netflix. I don't know why they can't just put season one of Detroiters on, you know, Netflix or Hulu. I know that's not that easy. I mean, it's not just the snap of a finger, but it would just do well for marketing, I think, if people could just binge it. And I think it's a good binging show. I mean, you know, it's a feel good comedy and you can sit and watch the whole season in a day, really. If they're not long seasons. Um, and, you know, the other thing is, Especially in Metro Detroit, where Comcast is so huge, um, I've noticed. I, I found out that you can't use your Comcast login to watch Comedy Central now, or you know, the Comedy Central app, whatever it is, which is really annoying. You can't? Oh, um, that's a bummer. And I think you know it stops people from watching it. Because let's face it, people do share their uh, their Comcast info with their friends and family. What? <laughs> no, no, Caleb, okay, you're I'm mistaken. A, I'm actually convinced that a little o- bit. I swear that mm-hmm. there are only a hundred thousand Netflix users, and everybody else is just sharing their mm-hmm. passwords. <laughs> all around, HBO uh, Comcast. All around. Um, Mitch, how far into the season two are you? Uh, all the way through, except the last episode. I will say though, oh, okay. I will say though that it's pretty exciting because um, Sam Richardson and Tim Robinson are Planet Ant alums, so got a bit right. of a connection there. And um, and there's a lot of yeah, other and Planet Ant was in. Yep. Was in the the, the season one finale with um, Rick Mahorn. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It was very funny. I like that episode a lot. Um, yeah, and it's there's a bunch episode. of other Planet Ant people. And other and and go comedy people. Basically, they're Detroit comedy improvisers and actors and comedians that are popping up throughout the the second season. That's really exciting to watch. Did yeah, you? it's really honestly, it's such a Detroit show. Like, the, I mean, everyone in it really, and everyone who, you know, department heads and everyone on the crew. I mean, not not every single person, but it's just much Detroit that goes into it, and you can definitely see it reflected in the art. 
and in the costumes and in you know the extras and the, uh, the day playing actor. It's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to notice in a restaurant scene tablecloths? And how did they look? It was like the first episode. <laughs> okay, good. I think it was the first episode. I yeah. did. I did that. Good. <laughs> Callan, of course. Callan, of course, worked uh, one one week, one day. I worked a week and then another week. I think. I think. I think it was two weeks. In the art separately, like one week here and then a month later, I did another week. Set dressing. In the, well, in the art department. Okay. And my big thing that yeah. I accomplished was I ordered tablecloths to be dressed mm. for a restaurant scene. So as long as you never, like you, you, <laughs> you, you might never realize what goes into, you know, uh, even a simple restaurant scene. I mean, everything in there has to be ordered. So kind of did your part. Yeah. I do think that Kale owes me a T-shirt <laughs> um, that I'm still waiting for. I do. Yeah, I do have your crew shirt yeah. uh, at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, we're like ships in the night every time I come back to Michigan College. But <laughs> I'll, I'll get it to you before season three. Okay, deal, um, deal. <laughs> which, so I just wanted to say, I mean, you know, I find it strange. This time last year, they were done shooting season two. So they're not really on pace to, to, to meet their spring release date the same way they did season one and season two, if they were going to renew it. Um, I hope they really, I really hope they do renew it. I, you know, uh, most shows would find it ridiculous to shoot in Detroit where you don't get any, you know, tax incentive or rebate. I imagine if they're going to renew it, they're going to look elsewhere to, to shoot the majority of it somewhere else, which, you know, a lot of shows do, even if they don't take place in that city. But it just seems so, like the show is so Detroit. I mean, Mitch, do you think that, they could get away with shooting it elsewhere? Uh, no. I don't think they could get away with shooting it elsewhere. I think, and I, I've read a lot that's like, a lot of people are saying, you know, that, you know, it's such a cliche. The Detroit setting is a character or whatever. But the right. it, it's really integral. I, I think it's really important that they shoot it in Detroit. It makes it feel different from other comedies you see on on Comedy Central. Like, everything looks... Like it's shot in L.A., like Workaholics, L.A., um, just name them. Any other show, L.A., yeah, L.A., Or LA. Georgia. Or Georgia, yep. Or right. Louisiana. Um, or Yeah. So I I hope they keep shooting it in Detroit if they pick it up. But I, I don't see any reason why they wouldn't pick it up. It, this season, it's been blowing up. So it would be very strange if they just were like, nope, it's done. We're canceling it. It's not showing returns because... I mean, even from word of mouth wise, it's definitely improving. Yeah. Well, I hope it's I hope it's back. Um, it'd be really dumb if it shot elsewhere. I feel like you like you're saying it would lose kind of what the show is. I could totally see them if they were trying to save a buck. Be like, the plot of the third season is that, uh, you know, Sam and Tim moved to fucking Georgia to start a new yeah. ad. <laughs> and now they're Detroiters out of water. I just don't feel I like I just don't it, feel like I they would do that. Happening. That just doesn't seem like those guys to do that. Plus, no, it's so it's so fun to see like where they shoot and stuff. Like in the, you know, the little between scenes shots of like buildings and and just streets and everything. Uh, and it really adds to it. It's, there's good music in it too. I think. Yeah. 
Yeah, great music, like the Farmer Jack theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the best episode of the whole series, I think. I love that episode. It's just a piss stain. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I love the Mort Krim episode, and I actually thought, you know, have you have you got to Jim Harbaugh yet? Yeah, that one was really good, too. Oh, did they get him to do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, got, re- I read that script and like it was still on the fence if he was going to do it or not. Yeah. He's just like freaks out and starts throwing. <laughs> it's really well done. I it was like, it that's is. exactly how people see Jim Harbaugh. It's perfect. <laughs> and he was good. He, was, he did a good job. Yeah. He, you know, this whole if this whole football thing doesn't work out, he could have a spot on the show as a, as a regular. <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to work out. <laughs> um, let's move on to some sad Detroit. Uh, you know, I would say pop culture, and we can we can uh, connect this to movie news. Uh, of course, the passing of Aretha Franklin um, uh, was that already a, a couple weeks ago or a week ago, as we record this. Yeah, um, obviously one of the most prolific Detroit pop culture figures of all time. Um, it's been a huge deal uh, her passing. There's going to be a memorial like concert, I think, at Shane Park oh. coming up with just everyone imaginable damn i know like a couple um, days ago they had the visitation at the um i think it was the african-american museum. museum yeah yeah so uh big loss for for the for the metro detroit area do you guys i mean this this clip from blues brothers just to tie it into movies uh that aretha franklin was in seemed to be blowing up on the internet is that a, I'm just curious. So that was that a movie you guys had seen? And I know that it's a big famous movie, but not everyone in our generation has seen it. My opinion, Carrie Fisher's best movie. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I yeah, I've seen it. I it's not my favorite. I know a lot of people really like it. Um, I, my favorite part is the police chase. That's the best. It's so funny. It's just ridiculous. Um. But yeah, I, I like the movie, but it's just not something I always I want to revisit over and over again. I mean, Colin, did you see that to rain on the parade? That was <laughs> what was that? That was. Did you see this scene of, that everyone was sharing throughout the internet? No, I've never seen it, and I've never seen Blues Brothers either. Uh, what about what? Blues Brothers okay, two thousand? Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know her. Okay, well, Colin, you have homework to do. Go go look up. Aretha Franklin's uh, scene in, in Blues Brothers after this. Um, I also, I don't just the one movie thing that came to mind too was, uh, if you guys are, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Sparkle or know of Sparkle. It was, I think, a 1976 movie. Um, and they redid it actually. They shot it in Detroit uh, with Whitney Houston. This is like what? 2012 or something. Um, but Aretha Franklin, when it came out, did a whole album. Of the of the film's music, like she's not in the movie, but she did a, a record of the music, and it's really really good. Like it's my favorite music. Everyone should check out Sparkle, which is a Detroit-based movie that's basically like the story of the Supremes. It's kind of like Dreamgirls, uh, before Dreamgirls. Uh, it's a really interesting movie. Um, Any relation to glitter? But, I was just gonna yeah. ask. Okay, just making sure. No, what's what's glitter? The Mariah Carey epic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not familiar. You're not familiar with I've got, Okay, well, you I have homework so. now, You have too. homework. <laughs> I have homework. Okay. Glitter. If you find it on demand somewhere for free, I will watch it. 
Um, and and just uh, or mother more movie news with Aretha Franklin. This was a topic of discussion throughout the internet in in the wake of her passing. Uh, that uh, that Jennifer Hudson's gonna play her in a biopic. You guys heard of this? I have not heard of this. Um, Aretha Franklin was kind of a stickler whenever it came to her uh, her image, so I'm a little surprised that her estate so, or even her signed off on something like that. So it's funny you say that. I always thought, you know, who, who the hell is going to play Aretha Franklin, right? Like you can't, you just can't do it. I find it in the same mold as Michael Jackson for me. Like no one's going to really pull that off. And then, to be honest with you, Freddie Mercury was always in that category for me. Like how, how is anyone going to be Freddie Mercury? <laughs> but she apparently uh, handpicked her for this. I did think I remember hearing that. Yeah, she she was adamant that Jennifer Hudson would play her in a, in a movie. Well, clearly she saw a talent that I have not seen. Wow. You don't think she's up for snap. it? Colin? Well, she's an incredible singer, but have you seen her act? Didn't she win an she Oscar? An Oscar. <laughs> did she, though? I don't know. Yes. I mean, literally, yes. Uh I never, I actually never saw Dream Girls, so I can't say if she was good or not. Colin is shaking his head. Uh-uh. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't remember being like, yikes, horrified by her. <laughs> I think if actually. you go back and watch it, you'd be very surprised that that is an Oscar-winning performance. Eddie Murphy should have won. Oh, <laughs> absolutely, he, he should have won Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. No, he was up for supporting. I know he was. Who won that year, Colin? Alan Alda. For, for Little fucking... Miss Sunshine. Oh, okay. Oh, my yeah. God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why are you saying, oh, my God? I think he's pretty because, good at I that. mean, it's not that Alan Alda did it. Wait, not Alan Alda. Is it Alan Arkin? Arkin. Alan, Alan Arkin. Arkin. It's not that Alan Arkin <laughs> did Alan Alda. Alan Alda. <laughs> same guy. All white, old Alans are the same. <laughs> It's not that it's not that he didn't deserve it. It's just funny. Like that's not something I like. I remember Eddie Murphy from Dreamgirls. I'm never thinking about Alan Arkin's performance in The Little Sunshine. It's just it's amazing how like years after these Oscars, one resonates more than the other. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, well we'll look out for that Jennifer Hudson movie uh, about Aretha Franklin. Hopefully, I'm sure it'll film some in Detroit. Um. Maybe they'll film all of it at some point. You know, you're always you're always a new governor away from a new tax incentive. So who knows? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Not to get political. <laughs> but let's just say let's just say Bill Shooty is not going to be the one supporting that. Um, I don't think so. I, uh, I would quick, wager to yeah. guess that yeah, J- uh, Bill Shooty is not in favor of anything that is going to help the arts in Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> Especially considering he really is not a fan of marijuana legalization, so right. So one, one can't one. have art without marijuana, man. <laughs> you gotta get high to be creative, dude. It's gonna be one awfully interesting ballot when marijuana passes, and then if Shooty also wins, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's we'll very see. strange. Yeah, we'll see. Anywho, anywho, one last bit of Detroit movie news as we record this on the 29th this weekend. Uh, the movie Kin, it's theaters. Um, it's a movie about uh, like a kid who finds this this powerful like space weapon, 
in a in a warehouse. Detroit takes place in Detroit. Um, screenplay was actually written by Daniel Casey. Dan Casey uh, is from Royal Oak, so it's pretty kind of interesting. Um, I I don't know this for sure. I read that the short that it's based on didn't play, take place in Detroit, so I wonder if Dan had a hand in the setting. That seems um, weird. Usually writers have no hand in anything. <laughs> right. So they write it and I don't know. like, all right, uh, now fuck off. Bye-bye. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can uh, get Dan on the show to ask him. Uh, so that movie's out this weekend. I think they shot a little bit, but most, you know, for exteriors, but most of it was shot in Canada. Um, interesting, you know, we'll move on, but interesting cast. I mean, Jack Rayner, who was, uh, who was in, uh, Sing Street is the brother. Uh, Dennis Quaid, Zoe Kravitz, James Franco's in this movie. Mm. Uh, even Michael B. Jordan has a little part in this movie too. So, um, we'll see how that does. And see how it. I wonder how it paints Detroit. Be interested to see it for that reason. Hmm. So that's out this weekend. Um, we're gonna get into our two movies of the week: uh, Crazy Rich Asians and Mission Impossible Fallout. But before we do that, some uh, just some big time movie news uh, that that happened while we were on right. a little bit of a hiatus, Mitch. So every. Three or four years, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences decides to shake things up a little. Uh, if, you, if you recall, about a year and a half, two years ago, they did the they introduced new rules that we were all for. I think that you had to have made or been a part of a movie in the past like ten years or so in order to continue to be in the Oscars or be in the voting uh, categories. So, like, that means, like, older people who have been retired for 30 years can no longer vote, which is okay. I'm all, I'm all right with that. And then they, they introduced a bunch of new people and got a bunch of new voters in that were younger and different uh, demographics, which, you know, all for. We are all for it. Great. Good stuff. Absolutely. Um, you know, it was about 10 years ago when they said, we're going to do 10 nominees for Best Picture, which I'm pretty sure most of us were like, this is dumb. I mean, I think it's kind of dumb. There's no chance for any of the other ones. It's just like, uh, hey, watch the show. Look, you're, look, District 9 is nominated. Look, uh, yeah, I know you were upset <laughs> Dark Knight wasn't nominated, but look, uh, this is nominated. The Blind Side. The Blind Side's nominated. Wait, was that a year when there were 10 or were there five? That was the year when there was nine. Nine. Because right. who can keep it straight? Right. It's so stupid. Uh, there should just be five, and that's it. Uh, and it's about the best picture, the best produced picture, best made film, best overall. And obviously there's a weighted vo- voting and it changes and everything. So they did that. And I guess the ratings haven't improved much since then. Shocking. <laughs> Shocking. With a four hour show, <laughs> they decided this past week, two weeks, three weeks, who knows? Uh, I mean, I could look it up. But then the past month, they decided... They're going to reduce the show to a, a hard stop three hours. Cool. I'm fine with it. However, they're going to they're going to reward all of the like technical Oscars, like sound mixing, sound editing, editing, all that stuff that people don't seem to care about. They're gonna do that during the commercial breaks and show it to us after like during the show, real quick. And they've decided to introduce a new film category of best popular film. What 
that means exactly is so it was an achievement in popular oh achievement right? in popular film so even you know weird. whoever made the most money which usually is awarded by whoever makes the most money um, <laughs> they already win they yeah win. they, they win in that they get a lot of money and they get to make another one um i do not understand this move at all and it seems to almost take away from what they were actually trying to do with it. So now films say like uh, Infinity Mission War Impossible. or Mission Impossible <laughs> now are almost like they're almost telling them that you'll never be nominated for Best Picture. But you'll be nominated for most popular film. I feel it's the same thing I feel with the best animated feature. Like, I don't think that that category should exist because the implication there is that it's even though I, I know that now animated features get, you know, slotted into that sixth and seventh spot um, for the best picture nomination. But um, that ca both categories, like you're saying, imply that, well, you know. You're not like the other movies. <laughs> you're not an artistic movie if well, you're popular, yeah. if you're animated. It, yeah, it's saying that like you can't be popular yet be an art house film, and you right. can't be an art house film and be popular. Right. Yeah, I, I I have a different opinion of the animated films because animation is such a whole different animal that like it's a different production altogether. So it's like ah, you deserve. You deserve a separate set I, of recognition, but I know. But, but I, my I, argument, my argument to that always is that films like okay, I haven't seen it, but films like Gravity and you know, there's there's films that are quote unquote live action that get nominated for Best Picture yeah. that really are not. I mean, they're they're sixty percent animated. Um, so that line is just so thin nowadays that I don't think we need to make the distinction. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. I think this is a really dumb move. I think it's going to come back and bite them in the ass. I mean, it. I think this is mostly because they're, and this is a pretty cynical view, but I think they're afraid that Black Panther isn't going to get nominated for Best Picture. And they're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> we got to do something before right, the Oscar but, but, nominations come but out. But to our points, like you're saying, biting them in the ass, it's just going to make people think. Oh, it's not worthy. Black, it's not worthy, right. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. If, yeah. just Which I don't also personally those, think it's worthy anyway. So those those new to the show, Colin, I would say is our is our resident expert on all things award shows and awards. Um, Colin, what is your, you know, what, what does it just exhaust you? Because it exhausts me. Yeah, I think it's just. I, well, one, it's very ambitious for them to promise us a three-hour show. I mean, yeah, we'll see. I just get rid of. The performances. Get rid of the <laughs> six montage. I mean, I love the montages about movies and how magical mm -hmm. movies are, but we don't need four of them per no per, per year. No. You know, <laughs> and actually hold people to like their give everyone the exact same. And if it's not, cut them off. I'd yeah. love to see like a someone get cut off. They should bring back the the vaudeville. Hook. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> just, <laughs> just bring out the hook and just rip them off. But I mean, I think this is has maybe. I, I mean, I kind of agree with what what Mitch is saying, but I also think it has something to do with Disney owning ABC. The Oscars air on ABC. Disney typically has the most popular movies of the year. Well, they own. It's like, another way to give them an award. They only yeah. they own like eighty percent of the media landscape. Now, yeah. So. so I just think it's another way for them to get more 
more awards. More money. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, yeah. I also just, I mean, I might be in the in the uh, minority overall in the world on this subject, but I, I think part of the fun of the Academy Awards is seeing those people um, who win a technical award have the spotlight because they, you know, they're behind behind the scenes, yeah. but they they are the ones who make the movie. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the one night a year where people all across the country who see these movies every week in their cinemas uh, get to, you know, appreciate those who uh, do all the behind the scenes work and art in front of the camera. Yeah. And they can, um, and they can watch it and be like, oh, okay. I understand why that would win editing. I understand editing a little more, even though I yeah, am a very layman's terms. Like, you know, when Whiplash won editing, it was like, uh, I think it won editing, right? Yeah. yeah it, it was like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. The way it's edited is great, and I can totally see it, you know. Um, yeah. I think this is just a big mistake, and it's been ripped on by, like, most most film professionals on online. Uh, so yeah. we'll see what happens. Do we know what, like, co- for them constitutes popular yet? I don't know. Is it, like, a certain... Well, that's the thing. A certain monetary. That's the thing, like, because you know, when you see the trade magazines come out in the fall, it's like for your consideration. Like, is every film now just going to submit for most popular? Yeah, we're popular. popular Whatever film. <laughs> uh, you know what they should do? They should just anou- they should choose uh, ten films and announce them at the Kodak Theater, and whoever gets the loudest cheers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> come on, fan favorite. Hand hand raising. One two. Three, four, <laughs> five, six. <laughs> no, I see you, Nicole Kidman, voting twice. That doesn't yeah. count. Put your hand down. What they should do is have people vote across the country, but people in Wyoming have a bigger weighted <laughs> vote than people in California. Mm, the Electoral yes, College. That makes oh, sense. Uh, yeah. Oscar Electoral College. That sounds right. Not to get political. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, all right, so that's it, the Oscars. Yeah, it's a mistake. We'll see what happens in the fall. All right. Well, let's talk about this summer's two biggest blockbuster hits. Pretty much. Um, <laughs> I really, think future popular Oscar nominees. <laughs> yeah, here's your, you know, depending on what, what you're talking about in terms of the summer. But, um, yeah, the Mission Impossible, Fallout, the, the sixth in the, in the series. And uh, we'll talk about Crazy Rich Asians after that. Let's start with Mission Impossible, which... Came out uh, about a month ago now. Uh, this is the sixth one in the series, directed by Chris McQuarrie, who directed uh, the fifth one, which was Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. Um, he also, you know, of course, directed Jack Reacher, and he wrote Valkyrie, and he wrote Edge of Tomorrow. So he's got this relationship with Tom Cruise um, that seems to be working uh, in my mind and in the minds of the box office. So uh, let's talk about, I mean, it, you know, it's just a little uh, pr- premise. It's like, you know, it's really not different in, in plot than most of your, you <laughs> know, last, the last four Mission Impossible <laughs> yeah. movies. Um, you know, similar. let's be honest. I think it, it each one of these kind of gets simpler and simpler as they go. Uh, you know, Ethan Hunt's on the run. Uh, the team gets together to help. And uh, he usually has to save the world while proving his innocence. That seems to be... Uh, when most of these movies, uh, the formula they follow, uh, all of the same cast of characters of the other the last four, which is you know Ving Rhames, 
the last three, I don't know. I can't count. Simon Pegg, Tom Cruise. Uh, newcomers are Henry Cavill and some other people. Angela Bassett, she wasn't in any of the other ones, I don't think. No, she no. was not. Uh, no, so. Uh, Alec Baldwin's back, too, and uh, there's a surprise cameo by Wolf Blitzer. Uh, <laughs> among other people. So uh, let's get into it. We kind of we'll go around first and give our initial thoughts. Uh, Colin, what do you what do you think of uh, the the six go of Mission Impossible? Yes, I am unabashedly a fan of the Mission Impossible franchise. I think it is the best action franchise that is out there, and uh, this didn't disappoint. I thought this was just a thrill of a movie to watch. It is full throttle, start to finish, hardly lets up, and. I love Tom Cruise. I love Tom Cruise playing Ethan Hunt. I think he is impeccably so charming. And what I really, and we, I can get into this more when we discuss, his commitment to this, I think, is unlike anything I've seen as far as acting goes. It, it, it's really, really impressive. And the whole cast, I thought, I think, works so well together. The action set pieces are great. It is it is a tremendous movie. I mean, it's in my top probably two, three of the of the franchise. Mitch, yeah, I would have to totally agree. It's uh, it's probably. I mean, the last one was really good, but this one I think tops it. Um, it's just nonstop action, and Tom Cruise is amazing. It's hard to believe that he's fifty-seven. He looks yeah. thirty-eight. Like he sure. looks amazing. He's doing all the stunts. Uh, the action is well shot and well edited. There's a there's great fight scenes and a great like helicopter chase where you mm. know what the fuck is going on. You can see everything. The stakes are high, and it even got to the point where I wasn't sure they were going to succeed or not in their you know their their uh, struggle to save the world. And that that's like you know you go into these movies knowing they're going to. <laughs> and you know it's going to happen and you know the twists but they still find a way every time to completely um you know uh, not to use the cliche but subvert your expectations of like that was really clever that was really well well shot well done and um i, I loved it it was so good i i think it it's honestly a better series in terms of like average quality than James Bond. I know that you have like 30 films to work from for James Bond, but like definitely. I, I, they're great. Like these Mission Puzzle movies are great. The second one is the only one that you can just throw in the, in the garbage and the rest of them are all uh, good movies. Like yeah. none of them are average. They're all good except right. for number two, which is garbage. Yeah, and I think I think the, what's interesting too about the franchise is they are there's like a, a split kind of. Uh, I think the first two, well, the, like you say, the second one you can kind of throw out. I mean, I think that the original one, uh, the Brian De Palma movie, is really completely different than the rest yeah. of these. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost unrecognizable as as part of it, but it's still really good. I mean, it's its own really good uh, dramatic spy thriller. I I really think the J.J. Abrams one, as well as it rebooted the franchise, is just kind of a, a standalone. Like stylistically, it, it really doesn't feel like the rest of these movies either. Um, and I think Brad Bird with the fourth one really set the tone for what we've got going here with the 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 two Chris McQuarrie movies. 
um, which is in my mind really like a, a Hitchcockian. I hate saying that of fucking sitting here in LA saying Hitchcockian style, but uh, <laughs> it, it's it's like a Hitchcock approach to, approach to action movies where you know you're gonna have these gotcha moments, but they do such a great job, like you say, Mitch. Um, tricking you anyways i mean you're you're waiting to to guess what's going to happen and you still don't um Mm -hmm. and they also what i mean by hitchcock style is that it's not you know even though it's amazing that he's actually doing a halo jump even though it's amazing he's actually flying a helicopter even it's amazing that they're actually throwing a guy through a wall in a bathroom that's not why these action scenes are it's through drama and it's through editing and it's through tension Mm -hmm. i mean they it's amazing what they do storytelling wise through action. I mean, like a, like a good dance scene, um, which is how action movies should be. And Mitch, and I think, uh, I, yeah, I think it's <laughs> James Bond movies always, uh, keep up with the times. And it's just funny. I think, you know, as we were on the heels of Danny Boyle, leaving the, the 25th Bond movie, uh, the way that Goldeneye was a reaction to, uh, let's say, I Heart, uh, Lethal Weapon, mm-hmm. is funny. Movie's gonna try to do Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. You're starting to cut. You're I mean, starting to cut out a little. Such good. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, you're. You're starting to cut out a Hello? little. Hello. Go for it. Anyways, uh, yeah, I love this movie. I could do a five-hour podcast on this movie. I think it was so entertaining. I think, and uh, yeah, well, I want to piggy. I mean, my my palms were. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, no, I want to piggyback off of you, what you were saying about like it being, you know, it's amazing that they're doing this. Amazing that they're doing that. I just because I mean, I how long ago did the fifth one come out? I don't know. But three, two years four? ago. Two, three years ago. It okay. came out the first year we were doing this podcast, 2015. So since yeah. between that movie and this movie, I kind of forgot like what action movies should be like. Well, you obviously never saw John Wick 2. No, I didn't know. No, that's true. <laughs> and I, I guess, I guess Atomic Blonde might be like the kind of exception to, to what I was saying, but like, that's more of a spy movie. Yeah. Though. This is, so thrilling to see them do that when all my action movies as of late have been computer action movies to see this actually happening happening on screen in front of me gave me a rush like i haven't felt since Mm -hmm. the last one (laughs) since ghost protocol yeah or uh yeah uh yeah i've rogue nation rogue nation oh yes yes, yeah but even still um yeah, the the action is just so well shot and choreographed, and I and I think this is kind of like the raid effect. I don't know, you know, if you've seen the raid um, from like yeah. eight years ago, Jesus. Um, that the way that was shot and it was so so well done, and now people are like, no, let's start actually caring about how we we shoot our action. Um, I yeah, I can't. I really can't recommend these movies enough. Uh, they're just so good, and I keep trying to get like older people to watch them because you know a lot of like my dad loves spy movies but he hasn't watched these he's like i don't know and i'm like you would love them like they're new but they're they feel so like original and and when i say new i mean like they're they're just contemporary takes on the same plot but you're still super i I mean everybody knew henry cavill was going to be that guy 
the the bad guy who infiltrates the group and is the guy that's trying to to screw everyone over but he's still so good in the movie and everybody's really good in it and that that fight in the bathroom scene is so mm-hmm. well done yep. uh i loved i loved everything about this movie honestly there wasn't one part where i was like ugh it is a hair long it's a little long just a hair yeah, that's true because there yeah. when i thought the it was going to end it was like it was kind of like the last jedi where it was like oh this should have been the climax and then there's another another set mm-hmm, piece right. that's mm-hmm. the climax um but yeah great it was good very very good i highly recommend it and I, um yeah, yes go ahead a couple questions for you guys did did um did henry cavill win any either of you over in this movie oh yeah for sure i think he's super charming i just he is given nothing to work with as as superman yeah um his his dialogue that he's given in superman is just garbage and i think he'd be great with a new writer and a new director for superman but right now i haven't seen it um but I did see Man from Uncle. I know I wasn't there for that episode quite a f- couple of years ago, mm-hmm. but I ended up really liking that. Um, yeah. And he's he's just really charming and really good in his movies. He's also a very handsome man. Yeah, maybe Colin. his handsomeness was like throwing me because I didn't find him like too imposing of a villain. That's really funny <laughs> that you say. I mean, I think it's almost an issue for him. He's like too good looking. Yeah. I didn't like. I mean, find that him. mustache. It's pretty imposing mustache. <laughs> I didn't find him threatening, but I like was buying that he was also the villain. So I don't know. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I mean, he was like a a brute force. Yeah, and he like he really fucked up Tom their like mission multiple times. Oh yeah, which I think is like so great mm-hmm. to see the dynamic between the two. Which uh, you know, Ethan is so calculated and so thought out about all his things, and yeah. then he was just, you know. Ripping off your mask and like diving right in. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, um, other question. I mean, do you, you see Oscars in the future for this, as far as these technical awards. I hope so. I remember reading an article for, on like the Hollywood Reporter or something or Variety that was like, "When are these films going to start getting their due?" Yeah. Well, here come the popular Oscar <laughs> category. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> No, I think it definitely is in the running for sound mixing, editing. Um, yeah, yeah. Def- I think definitely for those it will be visual nominated. effects. Maybe. I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it's too. I mean, real looking to get. Well, that's still visual effects. I, I, oh, I, yeah, I agree, still, but I don't know if that will register. Yeah. Yeah, the helicopter chase was great, especially oh. when they were the helicopters got trapped in that like yeah. chasm and were falling down. Um, really well done. I was like, how the fuck is these people still standing? <laughs> you know, every action movie, it's like, what, how are these guys not dead yet? Well, it, it is a it is a reminder, um, you know, on the heels of this new category of popular films that they still won't add a stunt category. It's, yeah, that's, um, that's crazy. It's dangerous. Yeah. I don't know. It sets Which, a, pre- you know, it sets I mean, a precedent. Like people literally put their lives on the line so we can get a little kick on our Saturday night. <laughs> And yeah. they can't get a goddamn Oscar category. They have their own rewards show. Oh, come on, they need they need some regular. Yeah, but I if mean, one I, you know, wins, I, they're just gonna keep upping it, and someone's gonna like they're gonna. I, I mean, you're right. The, these Mission Impossible movies, any movie with Tom Cruise deserves the stunt category because that it's if they're gonna award it based on safety and like still right. believability, then they'd win every time because. Yeah. 
you see Tom Cruise is actually doing these stunts and you you totally it it doesn't throw you out of the movie, you know? Yeah. I saw a tweet that someone said that this movie had like one of the most adult like a like adult mature takes on a relationship. <laughs> you know, we're like at the end of the well, I don't know if that's spoil it, but you know, at the end with there's there's kind of a little bit of a love triangle. Mm-hmm. so to speak and they're kind of just all cool with it yeah <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see they're just like yeah that makes sense yeah you do what you know sometimes you gotta you get, let yeah. the let the super secret agent world saver go <laughs> <laughs> yeah i also want to point out that uh vanessa kirby's character the um the white widow or whatever yeah she, first of all she, beautiful i was like my jaw was on the floor uh, whenever she was on screen and her like brother the character i thought it was tom hardy for like a short minute and i was like no it's just yeah it's just I... hey i had a joke shut up <laughs> no it's just hardy b <laughs> is that his name no good oh. <laughs> all right all right i, I don't a, need your pity a, laughs yeah, okay like kill we can edit that in post right <laughs> damn it i think if, if i never since i never you guys don't have the luxury to edit out my bad jokes i'm not gonna edit out bitches <laughs> well jokes on you i'm taking care of it now all <laughs> uh, right that's why he's that's why the jokes are here now you'll hear it now um any other thoughts on, on mission impossible yeah i had i had two and i Real quick, I just want to make sure I understood the plot well because I you you said Kale that the they're getting simpler. I kind of think they're getting more complicated <laughs> in their well, plots. Well, I think I think they are, but I what I guess what I mean is they're getting more. I did feel like a lot, like a lot of people made this comparison to Mad Max, and I felt that the, what I mean by simpler is is basically this movie was, you know, they went from A to B. Like they were trying to get somewhere and do something, and then they were like, "Okay, now we got to go here." And that was really, as far as like following where they're where they got to do, I thought it was simple. Like they weren't. Okay. I That's don't know. It didn't really get deep into the characters. I guess is what my. Okay. What I yeah, mean. I got gotcha. you. I mean, they're 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 basically spy serials. They're it's always the same, just different placeholder characters, and but they're well made, and you believe the shit. Colin, I, but, I, I yeah, it's complicated. I couldn't recite the the exact plot but, to <laughs> like, but you could follow you could, it you oh yeah t- yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't like convoluted enough like atomic blonde it wasn't yeah. tinker taylor soldier spy yeah, that too yeah yeah atomic blonde as well i had to rewatch that recently and i was like oh she's satchel spoiler alert Spoilers, <laughs> um colin what was your biggest like what, what did we trying to understand that you think well no it, i think i i just want to make sure i understood it correctly and i'm i'm gonna try to phrase it in a way that there's not a spoiler vanessa's kirby character is a throwback to the first movie correct yes okay just making sure yes um and, i forget her character's name she has the same last name as the um yeah one character vanessa redgrave and talked yes. like her too which is oh you know i didn't catch that oh yeah I, I didn't catch it. I thought it was like her daughter. It I is, think yes, so. It yeah. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's neat. Cause they, they... <laughs> I didn't even fucking realize yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, if unless you're like a big fan of the franchise and are like, N- remember? Or a I huge mean... Vanessa Redgrave fan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, the other thing I wanted to bring up, and I touched on it briefly, uh, 
about uh, Tom Cruise's performance, but like, I'm ready to give him an Oscar nomination for this movie, or just Tom as Cruise? for this character, because I honestly don't think any other character or any other actor could do what he's doing in these movies. I that's a, honestly a great point. I mean, honestly. I think you said this before about about like a best actor, a best actress, and like one of your criteria would be that like could anyone else do this and you're right who else in the fucking world can do what he did in this movie and and i'll give give one example like of many in this movie i could give but there was a point where tom cruise is chasing after henry cavill's character and he's Mm -hmm. running and Mm -hmm. i've never seen anyone run like that on screen before (laughs) he (laughs) is fucking running (laughs) like I was like, oh my god. <laughs> they kind of make a joke of it in this movie, how much he runs. And I know it's like yeah. already a joke of like, keeps he just keeps running. He's still running. <laughs> Why have you stopped running? I'm about to jump out a window. <laughs> that was good. Colin, I think you're 100% right. And I think you've got a a, a viral, vlog, viral blog post uh, in, in your future come Oscar season. All right deal let's let's do it let's buy an ad in variety for tom cruise i'm all for it for your consideration here is my opinion on tom cruise (laughs) cool well we all recommend it absolutely one of them it is the most fun i've had in a theater this year and it is one of the best movies i've seen this year awesome same um let's get to the next uh the next box office box office hit in the last month uh crazy rich asians uh, romantic comedy based off a, a book that that I believe was popular as well. Um, came out two weeks ago. I lost my page. Mm-hmm. Is it the second weekend, Colin? That it's, yeah, because it, it just won yeah. the second weekend. Again. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it's it won two weekends in a row. Which um, I think is, I mean, that's that's not normal, right? In August for a romantic comedy to win a couple weekends i mean i don't think i'm trying to think the last successful one i mean train wreck did that even win a weekend i think it won its first maybe but but, but that, i mean yeah it's a different style of romantic comedy it's well not different it's like the originals of the 90s very structured just like it right like a weird throwback but it's different setting and different look to it and um you could say yeah. that yeah i mean I, you know it, that's it's a bit it, it, changes the way that people you know receive it and want to go see a movie that that has this sort of story um uh i saw it last night uh i'll go first this time i i i really enjoyed it i thought it was really fun the theater was packed we, were, we had to sit in the first row um and that was a i know it's los angeles but that was a tuesday night so that's at like nine o'clock or whatever so it's amazing how People are still uh, going to see this movie and fill in the theaters. Um, it seemed like the audience enjoyed it a lot. Um, I went with Liz and her mother. They seemed to not like it as much as I did. Oh, Sue. Um, Interesting. What's Sue thinking yeah. about this? Yeah. I mean, they both thought it was okay. They seemed to be confused on, on why it's doing so well, um, which I get. I mean, I had, you know, I, I it felt like you're saying, I think, Mitch, what you're saying is, you know, my big takeaway is it just—it did seem kind of predictable. It did seem kind of like your run-of-the-mill romantic comedy, um, you know, just with uh, the different setting and 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 you know, 
it's not white. It's not super white like every every romantic comedy in the 90s was, mm. um, which to me makes it way more interesting and uh, to see different cultures on screen uh, in different settings was really, that was my favorite part of it, especially, you know, I want to go to Singapore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. yeah. Um, so th- I liked it a lot. I, I, you know, I guess I'm a little also confused, but I think it's, it really says something when a film like this, um, I think it says something about audiences right now when a film like this does way better than expected in a film like Star Wars uh, Solo, a Star Wars story, you know, essentially flops for itself. I think it's really interesting box office times that we're in, and I think that everyone in this town should take note. We're looking um, for some feel-good stuff. Yeah, it, it, was, it was great. I got a little choked up here and there. Yeah, Mitch, what did you think? Uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I mean, I went and saw it by myself, as I usually do, just by myself, seeing a romantic comedy, and uh, <laughs> and I I really enjoyed it. Like just from the start, like it's really like beautifully shot and really warm, and um, mm. the Constance Wu is just incredible i love i love her i love her in fresh off the boat she's so down to earth in this movie and the chemistry of her and um nick uh what's his face what's his name henry henry golding henry golding Golding. yeah he's really good in it i mean he's serviceable he's not like fantastic or anything um but i i really liked that it was it just a different it's the same story you've heard all the time it, like this could easily have been shot like in a very rich white suburb and you know a poor guy or a poor girl is meeting their significant other's family it's get out um <laughs> but but it just it's subverts not get out. <laughs> no i know what you say i know what you mean uh you get it but uh but it's meet it's the, the same it's meet the parents it's um just name them you know there's a bunch yeah. of them but yeah. uh but it's just it, it completely introduces a different culture to an audience that otherwise has no idea about you know chinese uh culture and even though this is a very ex- well i don't even know how exaggerated it really is when you're talking about people old money uh chinese people uh especially multi-billion heirs who are just crazy rich, as the mm. title says. Uh, <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed all of it. I I thought it was really well done. It was beautiful at times. The wedding scene was really well yeah. shot and beautiful, and the music they chose was great throughout. Um, and you were really rooting for Constance Wu's character, uh, and just I don't know. I, I really loved it. Uh, it was great. Colin? Yes. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this movie. And it's going to sound in my critiques about it that I don't enjoy it, but I really, really enjoyed this movie. Um, it is such a throwback late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, there is a scene where they try on clothes in front of mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of the best friend in a gay man and it is just every yep. you know <laughs> cliche there's a scene where they're all with their friends and they're eating food and all that stuff <laughs> i think i read someone say that it's like rom-com bingo and like you could just like punch out every you know mm-hmm. box yeah. of there's a scene in an airport yeah oh uh, yeah uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does it all but uh 
it is because you know the choice of casting and like the subject matter which makes it a little bit different uh, i was and i've been like struggling with like to think like is that enough for me to appreciate this as a you know such a new concept of a movie and i i mean i i really don't know if it is i and i love rom-coms of the 90s and 2000s so that's why i love this movie but it is other than a, an exotic location and a cast that we don't see often uh i don't know if it does enough for me to you know reinvent it that being said i am a white man yeah, <laughs> in, all, Detroit, right. in case you and couldn't tell i cannot understand the importance of seeing sure yeah seeing that on right. screen um right so like i obviously take with what i'm saying yeah a grain of salt or whatever the saying is but overall i i thoroughly enjoyed this movie i laughed i cried i I really like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And not not to be cynical, but I think like a movie like this, if it were just starring, like I was saying, if we're just starring a bunch of white people, it would be serviceable, serviceable and it would be fine, but like it wouldn't have the same cultural impact. And I think this film, I think that's what makes it better than if it were just a bunch of white people in a, you know, in the Hamptons or in the, you know, yeah. Catskills or whatever. That being said, I'd see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying no, I'm buying a ticket. Yeah. But I, I also think that there's a lot more being said in this movie and I'm going to tr- do my best as a white man to talk about it. Um, there's a lot being said about being an outsider, even when by looks alone, Constance Wu's character is just like them. And I think that that sends a, a special message to, to, uh, you know, white audiences as well. It's like, it's not just about looks. It's it, everything is about class. And if we're going to get Marxist about this shit, <laughs> no, it's interesting. Yeah. It's about class. I mean, Constance Wu's character, you know, I think she's, she kind of says like, when she's in America, she is a foreigner. She's she's looked at as a foreigner, even though she is born in America and she's as American as any other American and has worked hard and comes from a uh, a rough family life or rough, you know, single mother family life. And she's worked her ass off to get to that point. And, but like in other cultures, like they looked at her as being like, you know, garbage because she wasn't born of rich family and and whatnot, which is just a completely different culture shock compared to the United States. I mean, people in the United States value ambition and hard work and they talk about it in the movie and these people don't value her. They just think she's a gold digger. And luckily Nick's character sees the good in, in the hard work and, and good in her. And I, I, I liked the, I mean, I, my, my favorite scene really was when they're, uh, they're playing Maj and talking about it. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. because it was really powerful. And I, I actually, you know, you, it's one of those movies where you do see it both ways. And I think the criticisms of, uh, the mother and saying, you know, you're American, your personal ambition is all you care about. You, you don't, you know, from, years and years and, and centuries of Chinese culture to this American uh, lady saying, you know, you don't understand how to make things that last, right? Like, 
I, I found that stuff really interesting. And I think that, you know, the, the idea at the end is to kind of you know, mix both of those. And, and I found it also, you know, again, as a white dude, um, I did find it relatable. I mean, to... I don't think you can say that, Kale. Yeah, you're not allowed to say that, Kale. <laughs> no, I, I, found, I found I found the the themes of, of generations mm-hmm. uh, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, um, completely. And, and I, you know, jokes aside, so I, I that really strung at my heartstrings a lot in that movie. Um, well, while we're on the su- subject of the mahjong, my notes, one of my <laughs> notes says Michelle Yeoh, goddess. Oh, she's great. Yeah, just. I mean, I don't She's think this really movie, good. In this I don't movie. think this movie would work without her no. that, in it. Completely. Yeah. Well, who is your M- who is your M- was she your MVP? Uh yeah. I just said Aquafina? it wouldn't work yeah. without her. That's it's a, a yeah, that's the literal definition of <laughs> most valuable player. Um, yeah, I would say she's up there, but I really liked Aquafina in Me this too. movie. I thought she was so funny. Uh, which is makes me mad about Ocean's Eight because they just squander her comedic ability in Ocean's Eight, and she is so funny in this movie. Um, the the scene where she's like in the car and she drives him to that like big estate party, and he's like, "Oh, come in, t- come in, have a drink," and he's like, "No, no, I couldn't. I'm just gonna go." And he asked her like three times, and she's just like, "Okay, fuck yeah." <laughs> like, oh, when she said that, our theater like it was piercing laughter like yeah. i it was amazing she it was a really awesome moment she was so natural in that mm-hmm. role it was it was very good yeah i i really liked her in that it was, she was honestly my favorite part i'd go see it again just to see her performance yeah i i, I really enjoyed her but and it's a big but um not, not really but uh <laughs> that i think her character is great and i think she is great in it but one of my other big problems with this movie, and it's related to her character, is I think her family, <laughs> and new money. How that how, <laughs> but how they're how they're used and like, it, and I appreciate a lingering female gaze <laughs> on a male body, but it seeing her family really, you know brought the stereotype of oh my leads and like are very attractive and my not leads comic relief people like ken young ken jong ken jong and the brother are large funny fat mm-hmm. not appealing yeah. not desirable so like that is i had a, i, I gotcha. did have a big problem with that, that but is, like that's trope i'm also know? liking looking at beautiful people so yeah <laughs> like, but I think that also goes back to the class discussion. Like they're like new money, you know. Yeah, not... but you can also be an old money and also not be have a six I pack. Guess. Of abs. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh shit! I was gonna say something. Oh, uh, one of the. I guess my main negative with this movie is I understand it's based off a book, and I understand that there are a lot more storylines. Um, yeah. and like the, the brothers that are introduced or the mm. cousins, like the, the, like very like rich, uh, I shouldn't even say that they're all rich. Um, the like business type family, the guy who doesn't give a shit about his wife and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, that was like, it was very upsetting to watch and we don't get a lot from them. And like throughout this movie, you just feel really bad for all the women involved in all these relationships 
and the kids involved in these relationships, especially like, like, but then there, there comes the Astrid character. And that was like one of my favorite characters. She, she was great and I really liked her, uh, but she has nothing to do. And this plot line of her, like hiding her wealth to her husband, who is like, um, Constance Wu's character. What was her name? Uh, Rachel, 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 Rachel. Who is like Rachel. Uh, but he's, again, he's a, a CEO of a startup in San Francisco and she's from this family. So she has tons of money and she hides her jewelry and hides all these expensive things in the apartment before he can come. So it's like a shame thing to him or to her toward him. And then we find out he's cheating on her and then they break up or they get in a fight. And like, that's the storyline. And there's like no, there yeah. is nothing there to I don't know. that. She yeah. has a little bit of a payoff at the end. Yeah. As much I, as a bunch of the character with that amount of screen time can have a satisfying right. payoff. But you can't really feel bad for her at the same time. Like, and she says that she's like, he's like, Oh, you can have this apartment. He's like, Oh, where will you go? And she's like, Oh, I have 14 apartment buildings. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Oh, well, I never, so f- how am I supposed to feel bad for I these don't, people? I didn't feel bad for her at all, but I, loved seeing her come into her own realization of that. Yeah. That was the more powerful and I think more dynamic part of her I character. I just, For maybe me. I wish I would have seen more from her. Uh, I, she, I agree. She's also yeah. very pretty. So. Yes. Stunning. Yeah. Gorgeous. I, fashion. I agree, Mish. That was one of my notes coming out of the theater was like, it seemed, it was pretty obvious that that's like a bigger plot line in the book. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I, I, guess I don't assume, know, but yeah. it seemed that way. And uh, it was also though it was the more it was the most interesting part of the movie for me. I, I thought that was this that was the plot line that intrigued me the most and felt less like a conventional um, rom com story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, I would have liked to see more, but I, you know I think overall it's so hard to adapt a book that it seemed like they did a, a pretty good job of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My my biggest problem with the movie is that he brought that ring on his bachelor party. Yeah. <laughs> Come smart. on, man! You're gonna drop that in the water. Also, uh, you it's just a buy ba- another one. <laughs> also, it's a bachelor party. He's not; they're that, not around each other. <laughs> that that bachelor party thing was pretty funny with um, Jimmy O Yang as the like real sleazy guy. And I, I just love the shot of like the shipping container at night, and then that firework just like, yeah, shooting in the water. That was good. And uh, you know, just a shout out to the production design. It's it's a movie that you. I think a lot of people just watch and go, oh, well, they just picked a cool location and shot there. But it, it's there's so much that goes into making every one of those scenes happen. Everything mm-hmm. looks so complicated. Um, and it's you know, it's a movie where you can tell there's just a, a, a great blend between the production design team and the location manager costumes. team mm-hmm. and the costumes and the props and, you know... It, it, that especially obviously the wedding scene was incredible, um, mm-hmm. but even the reception scene afterwards—I mean, it just seems so complicated. Um, I don't know if it would ever see its due in award season, but it—it it really was impressive what they did from the art standpoint of this mm-hmm. movie. It helps to have your your main characters be billionaires. You yeah, know, it's well, like, I mean, well, let's do whatever the fuck we want. You know? But it's also just, you know, like that house, and I don't know where it was actually shot, but the house, the main house is like, that is a production nightmare to be there. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, from a design standpoint the food you know yeah i mean all yeah it's just so much that goes into all that stuff yeah the food someone there, someone put together all those dumplings yeah and there <laughs> was true. a there was like a special attention to detail on how they shot the food as well it was very like much like a travel show you know right. or a food network type shots but yeah especially that first scene in mm-hmm. singapore mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i want to go to singapore you guys want to go yeah go. i do set up a set up a flight let's go yeah have plan, have plan to ant hook that up. Okay. A little yep. research. Yep. That research. nonprofit will <laughs> run that real quick. Before before we wrap this up, I want to just shout out to John uh, Chu, the director's uh, credits, which I yeah. think are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's seriously, I mean, he's, he's a guy who uh, did the, a few of the Step Up movies. Mm-hmm. Um, to the streets. He also, he also did Justin Bieber documentaries, including Never Say Never. Um. He did G.I. Joe Retaliation. I mean, it's such a wide range of, of, of films. Now You Jen See and the Me Holograms, too. Now You See Me Too. And uh, I think this is awesome. He's going to do In the Heights. Oh. The Emmanuel oh, Miranda uh, adaptation. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Good for him. So, uh, and I'm sure he's going to, you know, he's got every producer in the world coming to him right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have a movie that's successful. So good for him. I do want to say one more criticism before we wrap it up as well. Like, sure, like yeah. I said, Fuck I like this movie. I like I like this movie, but too I have, many Asians. <laughs> I have a lot of critiques about it because I think don't think it's perfect, but I really enjoy yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's not perfect. I really had a, and I'm sure this is far different in the book, but getting the chemistry between the two leads i was not feeling it really i think they're both very good in the roles that they're playing they want i don't think they have a lot of scenes together really no not yeah, really. It there's not is a, interesting they, there's they not a feel, lot of feel like they don't there's not a lot of points where like i'm thinking i i can reference oh but it's worth it to stay together mm-hmm. because we're not shown that in the movie that we are not shown like a lot of great times with them, but that's just, but I feel like that's also because we pick up in the middle of their relationship mm-hmm. too. Like we don't right. see all those. It's a very like, yeah, it been, takes place. The movie takes place over a week. So like we true. can't yeah. see, and they've been together for over a year. Yeah. So we don't, right. we're not, we don't see all this other past history that they've had together, but that was kind of like a, a detriment to me. <clears throat> rooting for this relationship to work i would I, guess. Ag- I would agree that it's odd that we didn't have as many scenes with them together but when they were together i felt like they were good together i i don't know there's the scene at the wedding like during while she's walking down the hall and they look at each other and they mouth i love you mm-hmm. and i i like really believed it like yeah. they could it just felt right i don't know if to me it felt like they really did belong together yeah i audibly gasped when that water started, it was very cool. Like, I, her dress. <laughs> well, I was like, "What? She is she gonna float down that? What's she doing?" Yeah, she also had tons of glitter all over her legs. <laughs> oh, I thought those were like high boots. No, I think there was glitter. Oh, I, I think, think it was an LED light. That's a look, shoot. honey. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I, I liked yeah. all that shit. I wore glitter yeah, on my too. eyes the other week, and I still rubbing that off. I can only imagine <laughs> the whole leg would be like. Henry Golding is I can't really so he like the main actor he's like a reality show guy uh-huh. I don't know you like look him up this is like his first big movie oh I thought he was like uh, an action star no but no. I think he should get an interview for James Bond 
Oh yes, just, absolutely. Just, just bring him in. Just bring him in. Oh, yeah. See what see if he's got it. Oh, I mean, yeah. I didn't see that in this movie, but he did look good in a tux. Mm-hmm. You're right. He's not really in anything. His movies and TV shows. Yeah, he's pretty tall too. Yeah, I mean, he, he's got the he's got the look and the suaveness to him. I, I, you know, who knows? And the accent. Oh, the Malaysian accents. British. Mm-hmm. So welcome to the Planet Ant film cast where we tell you to just go see everything. Yep. <laughs> You'll fit in right um, in here. We like to end every show with a little video on demand recommendation. Um, uh, Colin, what are, you, uh, what are you watching these days? What are you recommending? I am currently catching up on Handmaid's Tale Season 2 mm. because I want to feel awful. <laughs> it's, it is. I was having a conversation. I was having a conversation with Liz uh, a few nights ago, and it was like, it is so well made and so well acted and so beautiful and so important, but it is so hard to watch. <laughs> I know that's why watch. I don't want to watch it's, it. It's such a slog, not slog to get through, but it is, especially in like today's climate. You're just like, I kind of want some escapist. Not to get political. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want some escapist, you know, entertainment. But it is just, it's so so well made that I just can't stop watching Handmaid's Tale on Hulu you go Cal um, I'm uh, I'm watching a lot of old shows but new shows I'm watching Luke Cage season 2 resident nerd here um, I'm liking it a lot better than season 1 and a lot of that uh, just a shout out here on our Detroit film podcast a lot of that goes to uh, Misty Knight's bigger role in the show played by Simone Missick who is uh, from Detroit so uh, she she does a great great job in that show, and uh, I am definitely enjoying it better than the first season. Mitch, oh, I haven't had a lot of time to watch stuff. I'm gonna be totally honest, but I recently watched um, Black Klansman, and it had me thinking about other movies. That's not fair. Oh, okay, <laughs> I thought you were gonna <laughs> no. recommend that. No, I I don't think this is streaming. I'm trying to figure out if it is, but I I um, if you haven't seen Black Dynamite before. The uh, spoof of black exploitation movies uh, came out like uh, ten years ago. No, less than that. Eight years ago. Highly recommend. It's hilarious. Uh, have you guys seen that? No. I've seen uh, not the whole thing. Okay. They the the filmmakers of that um, created another one that was like a western spoof, like a western black exploitation spoof called The Outlaw Johnny Black. And um, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, but if you can seek out Black Dynamite, uh, th- it's great. Uh, it's one of my favorite spoof films of all time. So, unfortunately, I can't really look up because no, all the websites sh- that tell me whether things are streaming or not just never Well, it's work. on iTunes, I'm sure. I'm sure it's everywhere, yeah. I mean, you can get anything nowadays. It's great. What a world. What a world. What this a world. internet thing is very interesting. It's, I think it's... I don't know if it's going to work out. Are we online? <laughs> I don't know if this internet right thing now? is going to work out. Um, cool. <laughs> All right. Well, it's it's uh, been great talking with you guys again. Let's do it again uh, soon. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, old listeners. Thanks, new listeners. Again, uh, if you have any uh, comments or questions or suggestions of things for us to watch, hit us up at our new email address, filmcast at Planet Ant podcasts.com that's filmcast at planet ant podcast.com did I get mm-hmm. that right Mitch? yes you did okay. uh, for Colin and Mitch we'll see you guys next time with uh, a new movie or two 
All right. See you guys. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. Mitch here. Thanks for listening to the Planet Ant Filmcast. If you'd like to contribute to the discussion or have any comments, please email us at filmcast at planetantpodcast.com. The Planet Ant Filmcast is a production of the Planet Ant Podcast Network and is powered by Pinecast. <laughs>